So it's Kids Sunday. Kids are welcome to stay. Emilio told me to say if you have a, a baby or you need to go to the nursery, you're welcome to do that now. Um, for those of you staying, I'd like you to open your Bible to the book of Acts. And we're going to be in Acts chapter 29. If you want to turn to Acts chapter 29. I'm waiting to see people start looking up at me. There's, there's only 28 books in the, 28 chapters in the book of Acts. So, got you. Seeing if you're paying attention. Uh, the book of Acts has 28 chapters. They say the book of Acts chapter 29 is still being written. And you're writing it. And you just heard some of what was being written, even right now. So I want to talk about that today. I want to uh, apologize for tricking you with that introduction a little. But I want to remind you that the book of Acts, when it was written, they didn't know the end of the book. They didn't know the end of their chapter. They were in the middle of it. There was tough and sometimes very difficult situations. They didn't always know what was going on. But I want to walk through that, and I want to then give you some stories, because stories are good when you're kids. Kids like stories, I think. Thank you. And adults like stories. So I want to tell you stories. I want to be careful not to read ourselves into the book of Acts, but I want to show you there are patterns in the book of Acts that we have also lived out, and there's parallels, and realize I think we're in the middle of it, too. So let me start with a story. Isaac, can I volunteer you? Can you come up front? Yeah, come here. All right, come here. All right. So one time I was at a camp with my friend who was about, I don't know, 13 or 14 years old. Here, let's get a better look. All right. You good, Isaac? And my really good mate got picked up by this all-state football player who was a little older than us, and he was bullying him. He was spinning him around, and he was going on and on and doing this, and he wouldn't let him down. And there was a gang of guys, and it was just me and my buddy, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't have weapons. I couldn't take this big football player. So I walked over. Fortunately, the guy was wearing sweatpants, so I pulled his pants down. Thank you. And my friend was sat down like that. And then all of us said, this big burly guy, we said, dude, you're wearing Spider-Man underwear. And you're this big guy. What are you doing? And he was embarrassed. All of his friends who were going to turn on us started laughing. We ended up making friends. And I tell you that story, one, because it's funny and it keeps the kids interested. But two... God provides a way, and sometimes it's a crazy way, and you can turn difficult situations and actually build friendships. And I think a lot of what happens in our, you okay, Isaac? I just want to make sure. All right, good. All right. Uh, a lot of what happens is that you can use God and see his situation if you just keep your eyes on him, and he will work you through it, even though it might be crazy. I've almost been killed over 10 times, been shot at, attacked by sharks, trapped under the ice, been through mobs. 
And what I want to say is that God brings us all here in this fellowship to this particular time for a reason. So you are here today not by accident. God has a purpose and a reason for you. Not only you as an individual, but you as part of our family. And you have shown that in many ways. For example, welcoming Eugene and Mila over the past year. So if you would turn to Acts chapter 2. There is a chapter 2 in Acts. And this will be our main text. I want to read to you Acts chapter 2 verses 42 through the end of the chapter. Acts chapter 2 verses 42. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their property and possessions and sharing them with all as anyone might have need. And day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. So to give you context, this is after Pentecost, a lot of crazy stuff, 50-ish plus days or so after Jesus had been crucified and resurrected. Uh, you can see there the end of that chapter, verse 47, and they were added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. So that's the book of Acts written a long time ago. What I want to tell you is just this calendar year, the past few months, I'm aware of at least three people, maybe a fourth, who have become saved in our local body. So that's pretty cool stuff, right? So this is happening. All right, it may not be day by day, it might be week by week, but it's really cool. Last year, we had a camp, and we were pushing this camp, this youth camp. We know of 13 people who are now saved and have eternal salvation and blessing because you contributed to that camp and we allowed Emilio and his big hair and the band and all that crazy stuff to do their things and reach these kids. So thank you. This is happening. I want more. How about you? All right. So that's really cool. I also want to point you to verse 43. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and really I'm feeling a sense of awe when I was preparing this message. Um, weeks ago, I was asked to give another sermon, and this was a sermon I wanted to give. God put a check on that, and now I get to give this sermon. I want to have a sense of awe. I hope you do too. But really, if you stop and think about what all has God been doing in our midst, in our lives, towards his kingdom, to build his kingdom, to build his church, to impact where we live, on the surface, it's a whole hummer. It might be worth yawning. But when you take a little deeper look, God is alive and active. And I want to share some stories with you today that might make you feel in awe of the wonderful and great God that we serve. So verse 42 is it. If you don't have that verse underlined or whatever you do on your phone that makes it popped out, I don't know how you do that. But Highlight, thank you, Dan. Highlight verse 42. Verse 42 is a big one. What does it mean to participate as part of a local church and help one another out? Well, it means devoting yourselves to teaching. In other words, reading the Bible, to fellowship, hanging out with one another. It also means breaking of bread, celebrating the, the uh, 
communion, things of that, elements like that, and to prayer. So in other words, keep doing what we're doing. Okay? That's like not rocket science. It's not difficult. Keep fellowshipping. Keep reading your Bible. Keep praying. Keep hanging out with one another. Keep coming, celebrating the sacraments. And then you can read on and not how they shared and just gave to needs to one another. How many people here have shared meals with someone else in this fellowship in the past year or so when there have been big life events that have occurred? You don't have to raise your hand. I know the answer. A lot of you have done that. Keep doing that. That's what this is talking about. All right, remember when we blessed the Brichettes? Remember Cameron here, as was a year or two ago, this young missionary couple to Brazil? We were so touched by their testimony. We took up an on-the-spot offering, and we blessed them. And we were so blessed, and we were just so glad to pump their tires up. And they turned around, and they blessed our very own T. and Jameson, because she was going on a mission trip. You remember that? It's, we're not holding on to any money that we have. We're not holding on to any of our stuff. We're sharing it as the needs arise. And I love how this church does that. Keep doing that. Okay, that's real life. That's really happening. This isn't some theoretical thing. We can do that now. And I would also say there's an upcoming trip this summer. Tian is going on a trip. Stephanie Soar is going on a trip. Emilio's going on a trip. Tori's going on a trip. Keep supporting them. Whatever you can do. Okay, no pressure, no guilt, nothing like that. Just excitement because God is working and moving through little old us in our little part of Hyannis. All right, let me go to chapter 3. You can look at verses 23 to 31. Basically, people were pushing back and, and arguing and oppressing and opposed to the things of God, oppressing God's people. Um, there was then God said, hold on a second, don't do that. And the building started shaking. Everybody said, oh, we should stop opposing God's people. That was a very quick reading of that set of verses. Okay, that's the highlights. Um, recall, several of us have been praying for decades for abortion to be stopped in this country. It happened late last year. That is a huge shaking in the spiritual realm for this country. You all were praying for that, to save the lives of the unborn. That has now changed. There's still a battle going on. We still need to fight it. But that is shaking things to the foundations in a lot of parts of this country. You are part of that. Keep praying, okay? That's reality. Let me tell you another story. I was on a trip to Nepal. Our very own Doug Brown goes there, but he's not the only one who's been to Nepal. And I was in this village, and they said, let's go to this temple. And I said, well, we're Christians. We're here to share Jesus with you. And they said, well, let's go to this temple in the mountain. And we walked into this mountain, and immediately darkness, and not only physical darkness, but a sense of spiritual darkness. It was oppressive. We had to walk downstairs, and it was a shrine, a temple to the snake god cobras they had these little stairs you go all the way down then they had boards across the floor and the floor was moving anybody ever see indiana jones <laughs> these were real life snakes cobras and then throughout there they had this big 
statue of a cobra and then smaller statues around it that were the idols. And I said to my friends, this is not good. <laughs> and he said, gulp, you're right. And he didn't throw down like Moses tablets and proclaim God's glory. He, none of the, very timidly, he said, we should pray. And then very timidly, I said, yep, uh, Jesus is Lord. There, that's all I said. And I said it even more quieter than that. I was kind of freaked out to be forthright with you. As we're walking around, there were seven idols. There were seven Christian missionaries in that party. As we said that, all those idols fell on their face. Real life story. I saw that with my own eyes. Happening these days. I'm still alive. So it happened in my lifetime and your lifetime because our lifetimes are overlapping. God shakes stuff if people oppose him. Eventually, he says, uh-uh-uh, don't mess with my people. All right, real-life stuff. Another time, I was on a conference call, and I was trying to push a position, and it's very difficult. Those of you who understand in meetings, people have different agendas. You want to make things happen, argue over things. People started speaking ill of me, speaking ill of my position, and then they began to imply that I was incompetent because I was a Christian. And then they said, they made some snarky, snide, rude comment, maybe about Bible studies instead of having a meeting. No sooner had the guy said that, the building starts shaking. Honest to God, an earthquake happened right there. And I didn't have to say a word. I just said, okay. So, we still argue over positions, but no one messes with my God when I'm in the room. I didn't even have to say anything. The room is shaking. So I'm telling you, this stuff happens all the time. Go to chapter 10 in the book of Acts and uh, verses 9 through 16. Basically, this is Peter. He's like freaking out. Hey, I'm getting this vision. What's clean to eat? What's not clean to eat? And then I'm going to go share this with um the Gentiles, those who are not ceremonially clean. And you know how that happens. He ends up going to see um, the Gentiles. Several people get saved from that story. That's the gist of that story. Real life story in my life. I was in a country in Northern Africa. I can't tell you which one. We had to go to this special meeting. They had the belly dances and the ay, 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 ay. I'm not going to demonstrate more than that. That's bad. So please do. Who said that? <laughs> um, they brought out half a goat, literally cut with a sword right in half, had been cooked on a spit to our table. And there were three tables, maybe four tables, you know, round tables, lots of people. I literally bowed my head and said, you know, didn't say anything out loud. I said, Lord, bless this food and help me to like goat. Amen. And the guys at my table said, what were you doing? I said, well, I don't want to make a big deal of it. I said, no, really, what were you doing? I said, well, I was praying over the food, blessing it. I said, do you think that works? I said, has so far. The next day at the conference we were at, everybody sitting at all the other tables had food poisoning and couldn't make it to the meeting. 
and my table was healthy. Just a simple, you don't have to be demonstrative and go crazy. God makes clean when he blesses it, whatever he wants clean. This is real life, folks. We can be doing this all the time. How am I doing on stories, Isaac? Is this good? It's okay. Can I pick on your son or is he? I don't know. All right, I won't do it. Go to chapter 13. Look at verse 1. Basically, they're in this place. They fast and pray, and the Holy Spirit says, Set apart Barnabas and Saul. I've got to work for them. Send them out. So they laid hands on them, fasted, prayed, and they sent them out. I can't keep track of how many people this church has sent out, even in the past year or two. That's amazing. This size church, for its size, punches above its weight, going around the world sharing the gospel. And I think there's a lot going on here. Um, I remember being on a trip in India. We had been set aside, me and another guy went to India, and we're doing our thing, and it was just kind of weird and hot and dusty, and we weren't seeing much spiritual fruit. We were kind of grumpy, and I remember saying, Lord, I want to share the gospel. Help me to do that. Make it easy. I'm a guy. I don't get subtleties. You need to make this clear. Like, throw that ball right down the middle of the plate, soft toss. I want to see this come. I want to be able to crush it. I don't, I, I don't get all the cultural subtleties. Help me out, God. I, I just want to share your love with people. So I prayed that. I had the, a drink of tea. About a half hour later, this guy comes up to me and says, Mr., 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 I say yes. He said, can you tell me about Jesus? I said, well, I, I think so. Let me see, Holy Spirit. Are you sure this is from you? W would you like to do this uh, soon? He said, yeah, right now. I said, I don't know, Holy Spirit, if this is from you, but I think it is. He says, okay, and not only now, but you need to come to my house and tell everybody there. I'm like, what? Okay, Holy Spirit, this is getting bigger than I thought. Are you sure? And I go to his house, and I'm thinking him and his family and five or ten people, stinking 70 people in this place, share the gospel with them. All of them responded. They had never heard about Jesus. We laid it out. They heard that their sins were forgiven. In that culture, they had so many different gods. They had so many different things they had to do. This was a free gift. They were blown away. And I'm like, okay, thank you. And it was all because I said, okay, God, I'll go and help me out. Chapter 14. Um, is this okay? You want me to keep the pace going? I want to keep the stories for everybody. All right. Chapter 14. Verses, uh, let's say, 8 to 10. Basically, there was a guy sitting there, and Paul looked at him, sees that he has faith to get healed, and he prays for him, and he heals him. So I was in one place, and there was a boy who couldn't talk. He was mute. He would actually grunt. He sounded like a dog that had eaten bad food or something. He just, <clears throat> and I said, I don't know what to do. I'm just a guy what do we do? And they said, well, ask Jesus to heal him. And I said, I think I can do that. 
So I put my hand on his shoulders, and I said, Jesus, please heal this kid. And the kid immediately starts going, J -j and I said, I should pray again. Jesus, please heal this kid. Help him to not only hear, but to speak. His first words were, Jesus, yesu, 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 yesu. He was just yelling and screaming. I was like, whoa. Um, I was in another place in Sierra Leone. And you know, the big African mamas that, you know what I'm talking about, just like hold everything together bigly. This lady in the village had had a headache for weeks. They didn't know what it was. I said, can you go pray for her? I like, I, I'm not anything special. I'm not great shakes. What can you do? I said, go pray for her. Like, okay, so I went and prayed for her. And then I went back that night to the place we were staying, and I had a headache. I didn't think anything of it. I popped a couple Tylenol. And God said, hold on. It's okay to have Tylenol. Why didn't you ask me to heal your headache? It's like, good point. So I've thanked God for medicine ever since then. Medicine is good. Don't get me wrong. We went back to the village the next day. This lady is all of, you know, four foot 11 or something built like a tank she came up running down the street and gave me a hug and cracked my back lifted me off the ground and just like thank you thank you I've been fighting this for weeks months and Jesus healed me I was like God is good and I'm just a guy saying okay what can I do how can I do that? I've seen this many times I've seen clubbed hands unfold I've seen polio walk we need to start seeing that, and we need to start expecting the awe of God working in our midst, in our lives. Chapter 17, verses 5 through 9, talks about a detour they were on, and then opposition, and this guy in the Bible getting drugged between the authorities. Uh, chapter 21 talks about you tried to go here, and then you had other plans, you got interrupted. Um, one time we were trying to drive to this village and there was just these inconveniences. It was frustrating. It's detours. And what I can tell you is that when you're in an inconvenient, frustrating detour, that's a perfect place for ministry. And I need to speak to myself and remind myself that every day and twice on Sunday. So we were driving to this place. We get up the hill and they had drainage ditches. This is in the tropics. And these ditches on the side of the road were not like just going off the road. You know, this was like it was a six foot long deep ditch. And the guy wasn't paying attention, two wheels into the ditch. And we're stuck. And we didn't know what to do at that point in time. So we get out of the car and there's all these people gathering around and I see guys doing this. You know when a guy does this, he has a coat on, usually there's a gun in there. Another guy had a machete. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. So I said, hey, fellas, let's pray. And God, what do you want us to do? He said, just go love them, tell them about me. Long, long story short, God stopped our car in front of this village, part of the village, no one wanted to go to, in this big city, actually. And it was the place where the drug dealers hung out and it was the place where they were recruiting prostitutes and had prostitutes and again i'm culturally ignorant i'm stupid i'm a doofus my wife can say amen to that loudly i didn't know any of this 
we got out, we played a guitar, or I didn't play it, somebody played a guitar for him. We told him that God loved him. Weeping. They knew their sin more than probably we knew our sin. Falling on their knees, how do we become saved? What can we do? This wasn't hard. We got it. And we look past that to share the love of God with these people. They are now the pillars of the church in that village. And they've been there for a long time. I could go on and on and on. Uh, you guys need to turn that clock off. I got two other pages of stories. So, <laughs> all right. Um, chapter 11, there's a guy named Agabus, and he's predicting a famine. This is a little serious. And he sees the famine coming, so everybody prepares and gets ready and send a gift. So, a few years ago, during the pandemic, we saw major economic downturns. We saw civil unrest. We saw challenges forthcoming before they happened. And I remember talking with Eric going, what do we do about this? Because we don't want to alarm people. We don't want to do anything. He said, let's warn everybody. Remember we said prepare, get a little extra food in case you need it. And we prayed that that stuff would stop and not become as bad as it could be, particularly in our community and particularly in this church family. And I'm not saying that we didn't go through economic hardship. I'm not saying there wasn't difficulty, but we emerged okay, and it could have been a lot worse than what it was because we saw this coming and we were praying over it. Recall also... We were very careful during COVID. We prayed over that. We decided to do the best we could to be careful and to take care of people. Uh, we were diligent to the point of annoying some people about masking until we had a vaccine. We were diligent. We were very careful. We loved everybody too much to be laissez-faire about that. To our knowledge, no one in our fellowship died due to COVID. Maybe other people died due to cancer and things. We didn't lose anybody due to COVID. Other churches around the country, even in this community, did. But we saw that and we were begging God, don't let this hit our people. And I think he saved a lot of us. And I want to say, oh, awesome what you did, God. So it's good, 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 good. Um, here's another one. Uh, if you go to Acts chapter 23, basically a lot of guys do not like Paul. They had this plot. So they, they make this pledge that they're not going to eat until they carry out something. By the way, really bad pledge. Don't ever do that. But um, they make this pledge. They're going to have this plot. They're going to attack Paul. And Paul's nephew just happens to be there. And he tells the authority, and he foils this crime. Can I tell you all one story? Kids, this is an important. Listen up. I had gotten out of a plane. My plane had been delayed. I was going to a meeting. I had gotten to my hotel. It was late. And fortunately, there was a fine dining establishment right next to my hotel. It was a, a fine dining establishment. is a good restaurant. And it was a really wonderful 
combination of Irish American cuisine, and it had golden arches, and it's also known as McAdoo Steakhouse or McDonald's. So kids, you have my permission to ask your parents to take you to a fine Irish cuisine restaurant later this week. Sorry, parents. I walk into McDonald's, it's late. I'm kind of a focused individual, but when I'm hungry, I'm very focused. <laughs> and I make my order, and there's, I'm sensing a lot of stuff going on around me. And I walk up, and here's the spiritual, wonderful insight I say to the person at the counter. Can I have more ketchup, please? <laughs> that was it. And she went, whoa. And I went, okay, can I have ketchup, please? And then she started just giving me ketchup. It was one of those things you have to pump in the little cups. Ketchup after ketchup after. I was like, I'm good. Thank you. Turns out I walked right up and asked for ketchup. Presence of the living God in me. I'm a doofus. I'm an idiot. I confess I'm a sinner. I'm not perfect. I am just a hosehead. But God is walking with me. And my presence changed the atmosphere of that place. I walked in front of a guy who was getting ready to rob McDonald's. And because God used my spiritual insight of asking for ketchup, I foiled a crime. And I didn't even know it. I just wanted my ketchup and french fries. And God used that. And, later, and then all of a sudden, guys are running out of the building. Police are showing up. And I'm like, wow, what's going on? I, didn't realize ketchup was that big of a deal. But God can use you and your presence wherever you're at, even at a fine dining establishment like McDonald's, to foil crimes. I was on a plane, and this baby was crying. Baby would not stop crying, colicky ears going. And I said, oh, I think I was flying to Alaska, and there's no short flights to Alaska. And I said, this is going to be a long six or seven hours. I said, oh, God, can you help that baby out? Can you do something? Change the atmosphere. Baby starts giggling. Baby starts laughing. Baby falls asleep. There's joy. People start talking. I hear another Christian three rows back share the gospel with his seatmate. He accepts the Lord, agrees to go to church with All because a baby cried and I didn't go, ugh. All right, I did go, ugh. But I didn't stop with that. I said, God, can you please work? You all can do this. I'm not anything special. I'm just a guy trying to follow Acts chapter 2, verse 42, doing the basic things. I think a lot of you are doing that too. Let me tell you, I could go on and on and on. Let me rapid fire. Even in the past couple of months, I've seen someone who've had very difficult challenges in their business. We prayed their business is now booming. No big deal. I've seen a young man needed funds. We prayed, we discussed hundred over a hundred grand showed up. Now that young man can pursue an opportunity to fulfill his dreams. Um, I saw a guy who was depressed. I shared a story of a similar experience. Someone had had that, but it turned out okay for them. Depression gone. Um, 
Right now, Eric and I are supposed to be on a short-term missions trip to Southeast Asia. A lot of stuff happened, as you kind of know, he's doing a transition now. We just didn't think that was right to go. There was a lot of, ah, we really want to go. We, it just didn't seem right. We got a message from the folks in the Philippines saying, hey, the place you were going to go, there was a, um, a revolt. They massacred the mayor, the governor of that place. There's armed people all around. Not that we were afraid, but we just would not have been able to walk around freely, uh, talk to people. It would have been ineffective. God knew that beforehand and said, stop, don't go. Um, Another time I was driving somewhere, I got delayed, I was late, I missed a time window, I was frustrated, and this was before the bridge work began, I was frustrated, turns out later on there had been a really massive wreck, big pile up right there, God said, I don't need you in that right now, I said, well, let me pray for the people there, He's, everybody's okay, no one died, um, I, I could go on and on. Just the past few months, God is moving. And let me begin to wrap up because it just said time's up. Literally, it just, turn around. It says time's up right there. So let me wrap up. Okay. Let me return to chapter 2, verses 42. Um, that's what we have to do. Continually devoting ourselves to teaching, to fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer. That's it. Okay, I want to encourage you, that's what we have to do. Um, some of the stories I told you today, some of what we read in the book of Acts, seem so far away or seem so special. Only someone set aside could do that. No, you're all set aside. Spoiler alert, you're all holy. Spoiler alert, you're all sanctified. Spoiler alert, you're all special. God has a place and a plan for you. A lot of the stories I've told you were right here. And we need to begin looking for those and playing those out. Let me reassure you again, I am nothing special. I'm just a doofus, but I try to maintain my friendship with God. And he uses that. That's as simple as it can be. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Some of these stories were amazing and supernatural, but some of them were just me carrying God's presence as I did my daily routine. You can do that too. God works. Wait for it. Ready? He works in grocery stores and gas stations. And even if you let him, even in traffic. Some of these were for me. Some of these were for other people. I find as the more gray I get and the less hair I have, I actually, thank you. I actually like praying and seeing God work in others more than in myself. Some of you can relate to that. That's, let's get mature and start seeing that in other people. How can we help one another have these acts of God in our daily lives? Some of these obviously were for very clear kingdom purposes. It was obvious when you're sharing the gospel and the whole room goes, yeah, me. And sometimes when you're just like, I want ketchup, it's not obvious. But God uses that even for the kingdom I would just say simply be aware, available, and walk in the Spirit. The other thing I would close on is a lot of these were conditioned, God worked in my life, God this for me, and you read the book of Acts, you, you hear some of the stories of the individuals. That's important and it's good. But I want you to see you're part of a bigger picture, a bigger story, 
And if you can be part of this bigger thing, there's a bigger kingdom, a bigger church thing going on that you need to come back and share with the rest of us to pump us up so that we too can be in awe of what God is doing in our daily lives. So it's more than just what's happening in our lives individually. It's there's a bigger community out here on the map that we have to deal with. All right. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Highlight that. Remember that. I'm not Eric. I couldn't sing to save my life. But let me just close by reading a scripture for you as the blessing, as the prayer to close today. This is from Deuteronomy chapter 28. We covered this the other night in our small group. So let's bow and let me pray this over you. Now it shall be, if you will diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. I love that. Blessings are going to overtake you if you will obey the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the offspring of your body, and the produce of your ground, and the offspring of your beasts, the increase of your herd, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall be when you go out. Blessed shall be when you move here, and blessed you shall be when you move away. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They shall come up against you one way and shall flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing upon you in your barns and in all that you put your hand to, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, as he swore to you, if you will keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Amen.